1: Welcome back to the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Mitz. Today, we are continuing our season previews. It's only the second one, but uh, we've already had a whole bunch of stuff happen, you know, in our in our brand new season here, of the Rock Chalk Podcast. Um, you know, it's it's day number three of the new season, and we have already on our third episode. So here we go. To help me today, we are previewing the Iowa State Cyclones, which means, of course, probably the, the most long-winded guest that we ever have on the podcast, for good reason, because he has a whole bunch to say. Levi Stevenson of Wide Right and Andy Light. Levi, how are you doing today?
0: I'm I'm doing okay given everything else that's going on.
1: But. yeah oh my gosh yeah so so obviously with all this that's going on uh, and kind of recording schedules, you know full full disclosure we are recording this well before the episode's actually coming out. So we are not going to talk a bunch of realignment made that mistake with some of the other ones already and it's already outdated at this point. So it will come up potentially while we're talking about the actual season this year. But, uh, you know, so this is not going to be a realignment heavy show for any of you guys that, you know, that's what you're here for. Sorry. You'll have to tune in later. Um, But we are going to talk about Iowa State Cyclones. We're going to talk about how all of that happens. But uh, we've already done a whole bunch of talk about realignment. We had a huge bit session, you know, last night from when we're recording over on uh, Levi's YouTube channel. So definitely go check that out if you haven't already. Although by the time you're hearing this, it's probably been about a week since that happened. So it it'll, it'll be great for nostalgia purposes because everything's going to change that much by then. So, but Levi, Iowa State football, um before all the realignment news hit, like this was supposed to be a really really big year for you guys. Does does that mean like this is going to be an even bigger year because of what's happening with the Big 12 or do you still think it's about the same?
0: I think it's I think it is I think I don't think there's any more pressure on the team necessarily, but from the fan perspective, we are now more anxious because I think you know, obviously before it was Iowa state having incredibly high expectations, higher than any other Iowa state team in history. And, you know, meeting those expectations means probably going, you know, 10, two or better and, you know, competing for and you know, you know, have possibly winning the big 12 title. That's what meeting expectations means for Iowa state this season. But now we have realignment figured in. And if Iowa state is still looking for a conference that, you know, if, 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 Iowa State doesn't have a landing spot outside the Big 12 by the time the season starts, which I'm assuming they won't, um, which I know that won't be up- outdated by the time. I, I would be right, surprised yeah. if that no, is I, an outdated take. by if be shocked. Something has changed dramatically if that is outdated by the time this comes out. Yeah. Um, which, who knows, <laughs> for everything going on today, and who knows. But you know, assuming Iowa State doesn't have a landing spot before the beginning of the season, and that we don't have anything, we won't have anything res- resolved until maybe after the end of the season, end of the next summer, whatever it is. Iowa State meeting expectations, being 10 and 2, 11 and 1, being, you know, hanging around in the top 10 or right next to the top, you know, or top 10 adjacent to most of the season, you know, getting the Big 12 title game, even winning it, all of that will do even more to help sell Iowa State to another conference, to the Big 10 or the Pac 12 or who it, uh, whoever it is. Um, because you have, a team that is now pro- that had, at, at that point will have proven that they can compete at a high level consistently, that they, they can do it multiple years and they can do it for stretches and that Iowa state football is here to stay if, if they can meet that expectation. Cause you know, they, they, I would say they largely met or exceeded expectations last year. It, kinda, it was kind of a winding road to get there, but they, I mean, as far as f- the final record goes, they, I think they largely met expectations or maybe even exceeded them just a little bit. Um, which is really good and, and and they did all that while I think I I think definitely think left a lot on the table um I think I mean there, there was they left a lot on the table and they still um, you could argue maybe exceeded expectations by just a little bit yeah um, but, yeah i mean yeah.
1: this is one of those things where like Iowa State for all intents and purposes honestly probably should have won the conference last year um, i believe we should have to be honest like that was the year Oklahoma had a down year at the beginning to kind of help set it up to put Iowa State in a really good position. And, you know, if if uh if, if Iowa State just kind of settles down a little bit earlier in that in that championship game, then they probably well, would in, have finished it and been able to come back and actually beat Oklahoma.
0: Ishim Young getting ejected on the second play of the game didn't do oh, gosh, yes. any favors. That was a terrible it was a terrible call and it and it absolutely affected. And if you want to go back and watch that game, there were some crazy bounces that went Oklahoma's way in that game. There was yeah. one uh, Mike Rose tipped it. Jake Hummel tipped it, and then it went back and just just landed in Marvin Mims' red basket for five, like a 15 or 18 yard gain or whatever it was. It, yeah, was, it should have been an interception twice, and instead ended up being like an 18 yard pass. There's just just a bunch of just crazy stuff happened that game. Iowa State kind of beat themselves. I, I think I think Iowa State should have won that game. I think I think they were the better team that day when they when they weren't beating themselves. Iowa State was the better team that day, um, and I would argue they were probably the better team that season in general. Um, but you know they they won the big 12 you know one quote unquote the big 12 regular season they finished first in the regular season outright I mean tiebreakers needed they they finished first outright so you know if they had followed that up you know who knows who knows where they could end it up I mean without that Louisiana loss Iowa State may still have been in the playoff by even if they didn't win that big title game
1: yeah yeah I mean they were absolutely phenomenal last year and, and I mean they really were kind of held back by that Louisiana lost even though like it ended up being actually an okay loss by the end of the year cuz Louisiana was a really ended, good team last year. So
0: Right, Louisiana was a legitimately good team and everyone's going oh Sun Belt whatever. Louisiana was, Louisiana was in the top 20 basically the entire year.
1: Yeah, oh yeah, they were, yeah. They was, were a
0: legitimately good team.
1: Well, and and, uh, and and that was like the the perfect kind of epitome of, of COVID because Louisiana was one of those teams. We actually saw it a lot. Most of the upsets early in the year were, you know, teams that had COVID preparation or had a game prior to the team that they were playing that they upset. So like Iowa State fell victim to that, you know. Kansas well, and the, Kansas had, had a similar sort of issue with Coastal Carolina, but of course Coastal Carolina was also a really good team and Kansas was absolute trash last year. So, mm-hmm, um yeah. but like Kansas State had a similar sort of issue, you know, with with their sure. loss early in the season. So like we saw that all over the place. It was completely understandable given the COVID situation for well, Iowa State.
0: And in that game too, Charlie yeah. Kohler didn't play that game and actually from what we had heard is that the 2 weeks prior to that game, like it. 25% of the team had Ooh. had been held out for contact tracing. So oh, most crap. of the, like most of the starters had not played, had not even practiced for like the, the week or two before that game. So, I mean, it was a, it was a swirling shit storm. Like if they it, like knowing what I know now, if they had won won that that'd have been really impressive if they had won that game, just, just yeah. given all the adversity they're facing. But anyways, as, as it pertains to this season, you know, expectations are extremely high. And if Iowa state meets those, that's a, that's, this is a proving year for Iowa state saying, can you compete at the top of a conference? And if I was was to do that, and and it, if they can even sneak away and and win that win that Big Twelve title game, I mean that would be that would be enormous. I mean if they're if they're a one loss conference champion, Iowa State's in the playoff, and I mean they're they're almost they're almost guaranteed to be in the playoff as a one loss conference champion. Yeah, and, especially
1: since like that means that they you know finally get over the hump and beat Iowa. Uh, which right. like I mean that that immediately kind of bumps them up because that's usually the yeah. biggest problem like you get to the end of the year they lost to Iowa and it's like well you know we we can easily discount because that's the one game that they're you know that they have to win in order for anyone to take them seriously well yeah right. I, I think they're gonna stomp Iowa this year uh hopefully but <laughs> you know knock on wood now because I, I don't want to jinx it for you guys um yeah you know, it's 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 kind of one of those things. Kansas fans have kind of a love hate relationship with Iowa State because, you know, we were brothers for so long in the basement of the Big Twelve. <laughs> Watching yeah. you guys jump up the way that you have, it's like it gives well, us hope and, and that Kansas can actually do that at some point.
0: <laughs> we shared the basement in football and then shared the top of the mountain in basketball. Right, at exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, then, as, as as annoying we find your fans in uh, in the Coliseum there, you know, we in, in Hilton, like we definitely at least appreciate everything that you guys went through with the football team. Like, like we've done. So, you know, we have that yeah. kind of bond. Yeah. So
0: yeah. Yeah. We we certainly haven't forgotten where we came from. We're just, we're yeah. enjoying where we're at now. We certainly oh, have course. not forgotten where we came from.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, at, at least it looks to be a lot longer lived than, uh, than like the Kansas successful football season. So, um right. Yeah. But anyway, so, so looking at this team then coming into this year, because I, you know, I was trying to find it. I, part of the problem with all the, with all the COVID, it's really hard to kind of figure out who actually left, who came back, all the transfer, you know, changes yep. and everything. So, so who did Iowa state lose from last season?
0: The, the main ones is ja- uh, Jaquan Bailey, Dylan Sainer, and Landon Acres were the three people that got significant playing time that, but that left Jaquan Bailey was the, you know, is the all-time leader in sacks with Iowa state for, for now. Um, and he moved on to the NFL. I think he's with the Eagles. I think he's still with the Eagles. Um, Dylan Sainer, uh, was a tight, he was kind of the H back blocking tight. end. he was, you know, he, he was still kind of the third tight end in the depth chart, but he was more of the H back, uh, blocking tight end kind of basically kind of like a fullback. Um, and he actually got a really nice deal with the, uh, New Orleans saints as a free agent. He got 40,000 guaranteed. That's That's crazy. That's quite a lot of money, not just for any free agent, but for a blocking tight end, in the Saints, yeah, and he got forty thousand as an undrafted for agent. That's a that's a big guarantee. Like that's that tells you they 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 want Dylan Sainter on the roster. It's in some capacity. Um, then Landon Acres um, was kind of a he was a receiver. He was here forever. Um, kind of got buried on the depth chart a little bit. Had got his first touchdown, his first career touchdown catch in in his last home game against West Virginia. So nice. That was, that was pretty cool for him. Um, big time special teams player for a long time for Iowa State um on the receiving end he had had a few big catches and stuff like that it was never like a big game changer or anything like that but just kind of did his job and uh made it made a few key plays here he had the punt block against baylor um that was that was a big one and uh or no sorry that was, or was that rory wall
1: i'm not sure it's one of those two it's one of I those two. I, think, I, think one, I think
0: one <laughs> of them blocked it and one of them recovered it uh i think maybe rory rory might have blocked it and landon might have recovered it or is it the other way around anyways um, but I mean, other than that, you know, a couple like, like Cordero or sorry, Josh Bailey, who was a kind of a, a like a, uh, reserve defensive tackle was the, who was the twin brother of, of Jaquan Bailey. Um, he transferred out, um, the, probably the biggest, the most significant outside of Jaquan Bailey, the most significant starter and, and Dylan Sander. Well, I mean, like Latrell Bankston, he didn't, he didn't transfer after the season. He transferred between the big 12 championship game and the, um, and the Fiesta bowl. Okay, I don't know why. Yeah, weird. (laughs) I don't. All he had to do is hang on for another week, and he could have got his PS Five and then transferred. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, you got to get the free swag first, seriously. And that was that was a weird deal because he initially transferred to Houston, and then like two weeks later, transferred to he actually I think he actually transferred to Houston, and then immediately transferred to like Louisiana or something like that weird i can't or, or was it or i think i think he transferred to Louisiana and then transferred to houston i don't know he's i don't know one of those anyway yeah that, that
1: is but that is weird to like go so quickly yeah, from one but to he was another. a
0: pretty he was a fairly impactful to back up yeah he was, he was, the, he was the he was kind of the second defensive tackle and he was a very impactful player had a had a couple really nice games had a had a couple really really big plays against the in texas against that in that upset win there i wouldn't well it wasn't an upset but at, at the win at texas that that all but clinched iowa state's big 12 title berth right um but other than that, you've got you've got basically the entire team back other than those guys.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was going to ask, like, who is the new guys that are going to step up or, or something like that. But it doesn't sound like there's a lot of guys you really need to. So I guess really the question is, who is who is the guy that you expect to be a big contributor that nobody knows about? already.
0: Well, I don't I don't say that nobody it's I don't think it's it's about nobody knows about, but it's. You know, on offense, we have you know it's, it's Brock, it's Brees, it's Charlie Kohler, it's Xavier Hutchinson, and Chase Allen. You kind of the, the known quantities there. Um, but I was stating the second receiver, and we uh, last year we anticipated that that would be Tariq Milton. Well, Tariq Milton was hurt for basically the entire season, he didn't, he got hurt in like I think he got hurt in the TCU game, and then he was he didn't come back to the Texas, he didn't come back to the Texas game. I think he missed most of that season. Um, I think the expectation is that Tariq Milton, a, a healthy Tariq Milton is what is the deep threat that opens up a lot of room for Xavier. Um, Cause Xavier was basically, he was, I mean, he caught, he was, he was like, I don't remember. He had, he had like 20 more targets than Charlie Kohler did even. yep he, he, he led the team by far in receptions and targets wasn't even close because he was, he was, he was the, the receiver that they threw to, I mean, they occasionally would hit, you know, Joe Skates or Daniel Jackson or Sean Shaw or something like that. But I mean, Xavier got the way more than the lion's share of targets. Um, And part of that was because Tariq Milton was out and Tariq Milton is very fast. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, you can get that guy in space and he can, he can burn just about anybody. Um, Having him back open, it helps take the pop off the defense. It opens up a lot more space for Xavier Hutchinson. So I'm expecting Tariq Tariq Milton to be a, a big kind of a, more less less of an out of nowhere player and more of a of a bounce back player or, or a good comeback player type of situation. Um, if you want a, a new name, a guy that played he got early playing time that last year and looked really good and then he actually broke his foot you know, like in the third or fourth game of the season it was Daniel Jackson, um, high three star receiver out of I think he's out of San Antonio if I'm correct. He was an Ar- Army All American, um, very good very good player coming out of high school, uh, played early on and looked really really good. Um, he's, he's like six, two ish. He can play anywhere on the field for Iowa state. Um, I think that's a guy that has a chance there. And actually one more name, if you want a really good one that is, you know, we'll see what he looks like this year, but going forward, definitely expect to hear him. His name is Jalen Noel. Um, he's, a, he's shorter. He's like five ten, I think. Um, but he, the, you know, so he'll be, he'll be more of a slot guy, but that guy from every if, over the last, over the last, uh, whatever, six months since he's been on campus, since he was here for spring ball. And every single time the coaches have a chance to talk about somebody, they talk about Jalen Noel and everything that we've been hearing kind of from our little birdies that we've got around is Jalen Noel's name keeps coming up over and over and over and over about a guy that is going to have a chance to get a lot of snaps this season. He's a true freshman. Um, That's, that's an absolutely a name to keep an eye on, a a name to keep an eye on is Jalen Noel.
1: That that'll be interesting. I mean, it's not like you know those those that have been paying attention at all to Iowa State. Kind of know a lot of those big names you're talking about, you know, in Purdy, Hall, and Hutchinson. Um It'll be interesting to kind of see you know who else jumps out. Um, I guess we'll we'll stick and here actually, with the I, go ahead.
0: Worth noting is Jalen Noel is actually from Kansas City too, so he's from he's from well, crap, guys' neck of the woods. <laughs> you guys stole him from I, us. Iowa, no. State, <laughs> Iowa State's actually been hitting Kansas City really hard recently.
1: You know, it's 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 one of those things partly because the prior staff didn't really recruit, you know, and Kansas State has a hard time, honestly, pulling KC guys that don't have um, kind of any real strong ties to Kansas State or even potentially Lawrence. Um, You know, it's it's one of those things where Kansas City, for the most part, has been open for whoever wants it because Missouri doesn't really recruit it very well because of the SEC. Like, they they, they get a few, but they don't really – focus on it and kansas hasn't really focused on it recently so they're opening it up for anyone but they do have some talented players not nearly yeah, enough K- to sustain KC's an entire program players. but but still yeah. like there's a ton of guys there that could that could be big 12 caliber players if people oh, would actually smooth. just go get them
0: and what helps is i would say is is nate shielhas is on staff and shielhas is, is a kansas city native and he's he's not only a kansas city native but he's well known in the industry as to be kind of a rising star a really good recruiter i it, if if Tom Manning ever gets, decides to go take a job in the Mac or something like that to get hit, to get his head coaching career started, I would I would bet my life that Nate Shielhaas gets promoted offensive coordinator. I'd i bet a yeah. dramatic amount of money on that. I think he'll be an offensive coordinator at he'll be a really good offensive coordinator at some point, probably a head coach, I would assume. He's a he's a rising star and he's from the Kansas City area. He's a really good recruiter. And that's that's why Iowa State's been peeling guys out there. Johnny Wilson's from there. Uh, uh, Jalen Noel from there. I know he helped with Brees Hall, and uh, Brees Hall he's from he's from Wichita, not from KC. But I know Nate helped with him a little bit. You know they they're pulling guys out of that KC area, and we're seeing more of them and it, i would i would assume as soon as we start seeing more of those kc guys for iowa state start stepping up people are going to start looking in that area a little bit more
1: right yeah i mean th- there is usually one or two that's in the you know general area and of course that expands out into like lawrence and you know kind of out sure. towards towards columbia as well but there are there are plenty of guys that you know Could be really big contributors if you find him.
0: Pittsburgh and stuff like that too. Easton Dean is the tight end. He's from the. He's from down. I think. I don't know if he's from Pittsburgh, but he's from right around there. well yeah, like the general Um,
1: vicinity. So
0: yeah, Eastern Kansas basically. Um, he's from around there. That Easton Dean might be a name to keep an eye on for a tight end. He's he he be the probably the third tight end now that Dylan Sainer is gone. Um, but he's he's getting rave reviews from the staff. The rumbling that we heard was he, they thought he was the best tight end on the roster. <laughs> so I, oh, that's crazy! He's that's, just buried that's... behind Charlie cooler and Chase.
1: <laughs> Damn, man, that's crazy! If 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 that's actually the case, like that is absolutely insane that he's gonna be buried. Well, the funny thing
0: <laughs> is, like he was a quarterback coming out of high school. They recruited him as a quarterback. That was he was their quarterback oh, okay. for the class. That makes and they more moved sense. Moved him to, and they moved him to tight end, and now they're saying he's the best tight end in the room.
1: <laughs> so that's, that's insane.
0: I, I I don't know what's going on here, but we're we're excited to see him. He uh, actually it was last uh, was it two years. or was. It Last year, no, I was last year against Kansas. Hunter Decker's the guy that's going to be quarterback after Brock Purdy completed a pass to Easton Dean, who's kind of the the next thing at tight end. So well, that'll crap. be a, that'll be that'll be a connection <laughs> to keep. That'll be a connection to kind of yeah, you know. Running.
1: And hopefully we get to see him for the next few years because Iowa State and Kansas will find a way to stay in the same conference, whether it's here in the Big Twelve in the zombie Big Twelve that remains, um, or you know, I'm I'm personally hoping for the Big Ten. So that I think that would be the best. Man, the best option for all of us. We'll, we we'll we figure it out to when we get there. We don't to get too far into it, but yeah.
0: man, Iowa State and Kansas ending up in the Big Ten would be an all time falling ass backwards up the stairs type of oh, situation. Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> I mean, like, that is that honestly, that
1: is probably about as good of a situation, at least relatively, for Kansas and Iowa State as Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. It's like the best oh, case scenario. I, I,
0: would, I would argue that the big 10 going to Iowa state and Kansas going to the big 10 is a bigger win for those two schools than the, than Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC. Oh yeah. For sure. I would, I would, I would make the argument that's a bigger win for Iowa state and Kansas to end up in that, in the big 10. Yeah. I mean, yeah absolutely. I mean, fantastic. Huge. Huge. I mean, can't even, even if Kansas would still struggle in the big 10 West to start off with, even just having the name bummed will help. Oh, of Kansas course. in recruiting. Yeah, I mean, there's and there's there's reason to believe that Kansas football would get a bump as soon as they get to the Big Ten. Well, yeah, you I know, mean, how, what what is that? What that looks like and how that fleshes out long term? Who knows? But especially but since Leopold has, but yeah. I mean, Leopold's got connections all over that. Right, over that, right. That yeah. general footprint. The staff they yeah.
1: have there is used to recruiting that area and finding hidden gems in that area. And obviously a hidden gem for a team like Buffalo is different than a hidden gem for a team like Kansas. But right. for the most part, like you're still identifying talent the same way. It's just about coaching them up. And getting them prepared, like that's about half of it. It's coaching them up and maximizing that talent, and then the other half is getting them prepared for whoever they're facing. You know, th- those right. are kind of separate yeah. in, in in some ways. So, all yeah. right. So, um, I do want to go ahead and jump over the defense because, to be honest, Iowa State usually has really great defense, and I'm curious to see how it's going to look different this year from last year. But before we do that, I need to throw it to a quick break. We'll be right back on the Rock Talk Podcast.
0: We love the whole Big 12, and we are available everywhere that podcasts are
1: found. So go and find the 1012 Podcast and subscribe today. And we're back. All right, previewing Iowa State here with Levi Stevenson. Uh, defense is up next for us. I mean, we could have kept talking about the offense, but I think everyone pretty much knows you know, the guys that are there on offense. I, I will also say... You know the guys whose names are usually thrown out there anyway are the offensive guys so i'm much more interested in the defense partly because i don't know most of the roster even though they're probably one of the better or if not the best defense in the entire big 12 the last few years so i probably should know some of these names by now Uh, but but who is it on the defense that you know kansas fans or other big 12 fans are going to hear a lot from this year
0: well, I mean, there's a couple. I mean, Mike Rose is 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 the returning defensive player of the year in the Big 12. There's an, there's a good argument that he may be the best overall defensive player in college football. I mean, there, there's an argument to be made for that. Um, I mean, he's he I I think he's I think he's probably a I think he's the favorite to win the defensive player of the year again. Um, I mean, he I mean he's just I mean I mean if you were, if you were designing a linebacker in a lab you you'd put Mike you'd take Mike Rose and then put Luke keekley's brain in it. I mean, he. I mean, I mean, he's really good. I, I mean, I, I mean, there's nothing. There's not a lot more to say about Mike Rose other than he's been doing what he did last year. He's been doing that since he started the first game of his true freshman year. He's been doing that every single game. He's been consistent and he's been really good and he's deserving of every every award that he gets. It, you know, I'm assuming he will be a fin- I would assume he'll be a semifinalist or better for the like the Nagurski Award and those at the Lombardi Award. I think is the linebacker award. Uh, I'm assuming he'll be at least a semifinalist for both of those, maybe a finalist for, especially for the Lombardi award. Um, But the name that is going to come up a lot this season and is one that every team needs to be paying attention to. He's going to show up on every scouting report. Every single broadcast is Will McDonald. Um, That guy, he's, he's a, he's a defensive end that at Iowa state that is on pace to absolutely obliterate Iowa state's, uh, our career sack record and is actually is also on pace to that. If he were to stay for the rest of his eligibility, he would be the all-time sack leader for the big 12 as well. I mean, he, he, he gets sacks on an unbelievable, right? He had 10 and a half last year, led the country. Um, and he's ne- the man has never started a football game in his life. He has zero career starts and he, lead, and he led the, led the country in sacks last year. If that tells you what kind of player Will McDonald is, if you that watch this tape, tape, he's unblockable. There's, there is, there's, you, like it like he looks in against college t- offensive tackles he looks like Khalil Mack looks against NFL tackle where you just you got to hope and pray you got to hope and pray that whatever you're doing develops fast enough that Will McDonald doesn't have time to get to you because if as if you want go back especially go watch like the Texas game game film um Will McDonald either like like a, a, like there's only like a few true outcomes that happen here. Either you get the playoff, you get the pass off quickly before Will McDonald has a chance to get you. You hand it off and he's and you'll know, try to run away from him. He draws a holding penalty or he puts the quarterback on the ground. One of those four things happens. There like the, nobody has figured out a way to deal with Will McDonald and with him getting more snaps. Now he'll he'll get more attention, that's for sure. And that's we'll we'll see what his impact looks like from a number standpoint at relative to what his what kind of attention he gets. Um, but I, I mean, bar none, he's the most productive sack. He's the most productive sack artist in college football right now. Yeah. It's
1: dangerous. It's, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, I looked at just in the last two seasons, he has three sacks against the Jayhawks, but last year he had a sack in every game except for at Texas and then against Baylor. And I mean, yep. he just, it's absolutely ridiculous how crazy he is in terms is of the
0: unbelievably weight. productive. And he's, he's a monster That's off the crazy. edge and he's been, he's been playing most of his career at about, at about 230 pounds, 225 pounds as a, as a defensive end, he's up to 245 now. So he's got, he's got oh, some crap bulk he, can, he can push <laughs> some people around. Uh, Dave Andrews has been doing miracle work. Cause part of the reason that he was playing so light is the staff, the, the weight staff before Dave Andrews with Rudy Wade, they couldn't figure out how to put weight on the kid. And they did like he got the frame for it. They just couldn't figure out how to get. They just couldn't get weight on him because his metabolism and whatever is, is say, really It sounds high. like he's
1: like my son who can eat whatever he wants <laughs> and do whatever he wants, like sit around and play video Doesn't games matter. all day, and he's thin as a twig. This is ridiculous. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, but but the, the new staff has figured it out, I guess, and they they've got him up to about two forty five. Oh and dude, that dude's a cruise missile. Um, I, you're gonna you're gonna see him in highlight reels. Um, right now he's Iowa State's best chance at a first as a, at a first round draft pick. They've got a few guys that have a chance at it. Brees Hall's obviously got a shot at it. Mike Rose has a shot at it uh Will McDonald has a shot at it but not only does Will McDonald has a shot at going in the first round but if he has a productive season this season and and decides to leave early which he actually has two more years of eligibility after
1: right this right game. because of covid year
0: Yeah because of covid year and he's just really young Um Yeah,
1: yeah uh, it's 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 one of those things early, like Brees, I, there was a Go mock
0: ahead. draft I think was it RJ Young maybe he the had him an 8 Going That's eight crazy. Eight overall.
1: I mean, he's he's, unbelievable. he's at the perfect position for it too, though. I mean, you know, if you think about it, quarterbacks and you know, pass rushing defensive ends, like those are the guys that go really high in the draft with really. Dude productive that can get to the years. quarterback,
0: and the NFL places an incredible premium on guys that can get to the quarterback. And frankly oh, yeah. just straight up, right now, there is nobody in college football that is better at getting to the quarterback than Will McDonald. Yeah, I, and, I, I would
1: argue just based off of looking at him pretty quickly here, like. He, I think, is easily the most likely to be drafted in the first round from from Iowa State. I, I like, would agree. You I, talk I, about I Brees Hall. A, running backs don't go early in the in the. Run, draft.
0: Yeah, that's Brees Hall's biggest hamstring. There is right is like the biggest thing holding him back is just his position. The fact that that the NFL just doesn't value running back. Yeah, in, in two, if this is two thousand nine two thousand ten, he's a first guaranteed. Oh, easily, yeah, easily in the first round, he's probably a top fifteen pick, um, but. Just his biggest thing is just he's play, he's played the wrong position. Brock Purdy could theoretically sneak his way into the first round if he has a really good season. If we see, if we see the, the Brock Purdy that we saw from the second half of the Baylor game on, for the rest of the season, if you get that Brock Purdy for an entire season and Iowa State goes eleven and one, Brock Purdy's probably a Davey O'Brien finalist. He's you know maybe a fringe Heisman contender. He could he could definitely sneak into the first round if he has a really really good season. Minus minus the Big
1: 12 championship game, right? Like from last yeah, year, sure. that yeah. That one kind of hurt a little bit.
0: Yeah, that one. That one was rough. But like, I mean, I'm mostly through the end, maybe. But because, yeah, between the second half of the Baylor game and the end of the regular season, there was. I mean, I mean, Spencer Adler, I guess, was better, but I mean, not not by a lot. I mean, marginally. I mean, Brock Purdy was was lights out, and Brock Purdy that is best when he knows that he doesn't have to make every play to win a game, right. Sometimes he's he's a competitive guy so naturally sometimes he just gets into this mode where he feels like he's got to he has to be the one to make the plays to make it all happen which uh, I mean I would think he by now and and by now he definitely realizes that he doesn't have to do that because he's got arguably the best running back in college football right behind him.
1: Right and, yeah in that way he was you know I kind of thought of him last year as kind of Sam ellinger light in that like I specifically know. in that aspect where like Sam Ellinger, he had to do everything on that on that Texas team. Otherwise, right. they didn't do anything at all. And so, like, it seemed that at times, especially, like I'm thinking of, like, the Baylor game, um, you know, especially he just thought he had to do a ton in order to get going. He
0: doesn't. He doesn't have to be the, the playmaker. He needs to be Alex Smith. That's what he yeah. needs to be. He needs to be Alex Smith with a little bit more swagger. That's what he needs to be. And if he's Fair. that, Brock Purdy is really, really good. And that's that's all you need. And you just give it to get the ball to breeze, hit Xavier here and there, hit Charlie Kohler here for some first downs, find Tariq Milton deep a couple times. We're done. Nice and clean. Let's go home with a win.
1: All right, so we took a huge detour from defense, which is fine. Yes, we did. But uh, so we've talked about linebackers, which I still would agree with you. I, I'm sure that you would agree with me that Iowa State has the best linebacking core in the entire Big 12, um, if not think, one actually, of the ones I think, in
0: the nation. I think, so was it uh, Phil Steele ranked them as the either the number one or number two linebacker group in the country? Yeah, yeah,
1: which I I completely agree. With. Like I, that's like a no brainer. But obviously, we talk about Big I mean, 12 here. I mean, Jake but, Hummel's
0: yes. the worst line. Jake Hummel is the quote unquote worst linebacker in the group, and he's he'd be the best linebacker on most teams. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Really good.
1: So we've talked about the phenomenal guys you have on defensive line as well. So, so what about the secondary? Like who, who out there is going to be the the standout or is that potentially the quote unquote weak spot of the defense?
0: If, if there is a hole anywhere on the defense or well, kind of frankly the team, if there is one hole that you really like, like this needs to get shored up is the second corner. Anthony Johnson's really good. He was really, really good last year um he he finally took the he finally made the progression jump that we thought he was going to make like two years ago he finally made it um so i mean as far as i'm concerned he's a perfectly good number one corner you're fine with him him doing whatever he needs to do um last last season as much as oklahoma state fans like to retweet that thing about you know tylen wallace pushing anthony johnson down and push him around (laughs) he was that's tylen wallace was pissed off because anthony johnson was was oh yeah Kicking his ass the whole game. That's what it was, that was. That's what was happening. Um, Greg Eizworth is back. Greg Eizworth is Greg Eizworth. He's about rock as rock-solid a safety you could ever ask for. Doesn't really doesn't do anything bad. He doesn't blow you away with anything, but he just does his job. That's exactly what you want your safeties to do: is do their job. Ishim uh, Young, I think, is the guy I would expect to take uh, outside of Will McDonald. I think Ishim Young is the next guy that I would I would expect to kind of "quote unquote" break out a little bit. He kind of he he kind of broke out a little bit last season. Um, but he was definitely you could tell he was a young player Un, you know he's working on his discipline a little bit with with targeting penalties and stuff like that that wasn't his first one um in the Big 12 title game and, and working on working on that kind of stuff a man the guy the guy hits people the guy the guy's an enforcer over the middle he's got great instincts he you know he he picked off Spencer Rattler in that Oklahoma game at the end to seal the win uh, i mean the kid's a really good really good player he's really young i i'm i would if i had to make just a prediction right now. I think by the time by the time he leaves Iowa State, he'll he'll win a Big 12 defensive player of the year award and he'll be a Thorpe finalist. Um
1: by, Again, by assuming that Iowa the Big 12 State. sticks around that long for him to actually do. Yeah, right yeah. <laughs>
0: a conference, he'll be a there conference we go. defensive player of the year, there, there we go. that conference is. Yeah, well, right um,
1: because theoretically like either they're going to take a step down in conference where he's going to easily be, you know, one of the better. Gonna dominate or or they're going to go to some place like the Big Ten where the Big Ten doesn't have a lot of defensive secondary. You they, know, and they and they have no, teams that have are really have no great. Quarterback, they have
0: no quarterbacks. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: yeah so exactly. and,
0: you know the the you know Lawrence White left. So I guess I forgot I forgot to mention Lawrence White. Lawrence White did leave. He he played for, he played for a long time for Iowa State back there and, at the other safety spot. Um, he's gone, but the guys that are replacing him, Mason Chambers, Craig McDonald, those guys play, have played a bunch of snaps. Um, so they're like, they, while they weren't starting, they those guys have played a ton of snaps. You're not even for even for young guys. I think uh, is it Craig McDonald, I believe, is also from the KC area, if I remember correctly. Probably. I would say pull. I would say pulled three safeties in that class. Two of them were from San Antonio, and one of them was from uh, Kansas City. Yeah, that but, makes sense. Uh, so I, whoever ends up starting there. I'm not worried about them at all. I, they're gonna, they'll do their job. Just like, I mean, Iowa State safeties are generally just good at doing their job. Um, I expect it to be another rock solid to very good defense um, that that keeps Iowa State in it every single game until the you know, and and lets the offense go and win ball games for them. And that's, I think that's that's what your defense is kind of what you get. That's what you ask your defense to do in the Big 12 is you right. hold the port down until the offense gets going and you win the game. That's that's what it does. And uh, they're still, they're still coordinated by John Haycock, who I, if there's five defensive coordinators in college football that are better than them, I would like to hear all five names Um, or 10 for sure. Um, I mean, they definitely can't name 10, maybe five, but definitely not 10. Um, And they've got, you know, they still, and actually now the new safeties coach Dion Broomfield, he played at Iowa state up and coming rising star. Whenever, whenever uh, John Haycock decides to retire, i Yon Broomfield is our defensive side. Nate Schilas, I would pencil him in for the defensive coordinator spot at this point in time. He's a rising star, really good player, really smart guy. I think he'll have those guys in good shape. Um, The the great thing, the the interesting, the funny part about Iowa State is there's is virtually the entire team is kind of a known commodity. Everyone, it's kind of a you just kind of Iowa State is what they they are, what they are, and they don't they don't pretend to be anybody else. If, If you watch that Fiesta Bowl. Everybody knew what Iowa State was going to do on virtually every play, and they said, "Try to stop us." Yeah, they pretty much. Or- they dared Oregon to stop them, knowing exactly what they were going to do, and they did And Oregon couldn't yep. do a damn thing about it. And that's that's what I that's what I love about Iowa State is they don't they don't try to be anybody. They're not. They're kind of like the old Bill Snyder teams. They 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 are who they are. Everybody knows who they are, and they're just going to beat you. That's just what they're going to do. They're just they're going to make a game miserable because they're just going to out execute you.
1: Yeah, that's, that's how I mean that's unless you've got a, a super phenomenal talent advantage or, a, you know, right. or a really, really innovative mind. Advantage. Well, right. or, or like an innovative mind who is like on the cutting edge. Like I, I would say, you know, just throwing it to, to, to people that people know here, like Andy Reed with the chiefs. Yeah. He is like one of the most innovative offensive minds, but he also has a whole bunch of talent that he can do all kinds of weird right. things and make it super successful. like, If, if this, if the chiefs team wasn't as talented as they were offensively, I can guarantee he wouldn't be trying to do all this trick stuff because, Hey, guess what? They probably wouldn't be able to actually make it successful. So like you can be super innovative, but you still have to have a whole bunch of talent. But if you know what you're doing and you can get the guys in there that can run that system really well and execute it phenomenally, you don't need a whole bunch of tricks. You don't need a whole bunch of innovative stuff until somebody finds a way that is actually going to stop you more times than not, you know, when you execute perfectly. All right, so I do want to get to the to the actual schedule here, but before we do that, I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about the one aspect of the team that you know potentially. I, I think that there's some some maybe some questions. Special teams had some hiccups uh, last year. <laughs> Are you expecting that to potentially be a, an area of concern, or or do you think that things have kind of been short up there?
0: So the main the main point of concern. So the the punt return team was bad against Louisiana. And like I said, partly is because a bunch of people didn't get a practice a week or two before Fair. that. That that hurt a lot. And that was kind of a fluky game. Yeah. Otherwise, it was usually kick return that was that kick return coverage that was a little bit of an issue. Well, and part of that was because Iowa State's kickers couldn't get it past the goddamn 10-yard line. And because they were they were terrible. Well, we picked that problem. A guy named Andrew Meavis is gonna be doing the kickoffs now, and if you watch this, the dude's got it got an absolute rocket launcher for a leg. I mean, he puts awesome. it out of the back. He puts it out of the back of the end zone more than he puts it in the end zone. So, I mean, I mean, he's, he he will solve a lot of Iowa State's kick return coverage issues. So they don't have to they don't have to cover every kick. I would be surprised if Iowa State has to cover more than maybe 30% of kickoffs. I mean, I mean, it I mean, it, a lot of that problem can be solved by having a kicker that can just eliminate the possibility of a return. So what and, you're saying is
1: that Kenny Logan isn't gonna to get to return and kickoff all the way this year?
0: I would hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was at I, that I mean, game. I, it was to phenomenal
1: that, like... to watch that game. And I know it was kind of painful for you guys until you know, until the very end yeah. there. But, you know, that was that was a phenomenal game to watch as as a Kansas fan because you had the opportunity, I think, to to kind of see some of the young guys growing, knowing that they were gonna get completely outclassed by the end of it. But um, you know, I, I, I do think that some of Iowa State's potential issues and hiccups that they had definitely allowed Kansas to do a lot of things that they probably shouldn't have been able to do.
0: (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) You know, up up until that point in the season, it was kind of a little bit of unstable equilibrium. Sometimes they look really good and sometimes they're a little shaky. Um, But you know, then once the second half of the Baylor game hit, then we're off the race. of them we're done. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's kind of the whole key is just them staying consistent.
1: Yep. All right. So, So, so let's turn our attention to the schedule. Because you know this is actually, I think, shaping up to be a pretty good schedule for Iowa State. I thought that they were one of the one of the few that didn't get you know screwed with uh, bye weeks or certain things like that. That sure. that uh, actually gives them a decent shot here. So the question that I have for you: though, we'll start with the non conference. You know, first game at UN or uh, against UNI. Second game, it is at home against Iowa, right? It's not a neutral site. Yeah, it's home. Okay, and then going on the road to UNLV. Obviously, the big game there is that Iowa game because they have to beat Iowa at some point here. Like this needs to be the yeah. year. Um, but any of those other two games before we talk about Iowa, any of those other two games worry you at all?
0: You and I, I guess. Just uh, because you LV, it's you and it's, I, you, right? <laughs> UNLV is L V is preposterously bad. They're going to be really bad. They're 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 so shitty. I mean that 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 game is an Iowa is a chance for Iowa State fans to go to, to travel to Vegas, have a good time, watch Iowa State kick the shit out of somebody, and then go home and have and then go home and enjoy their I highly
1: recommend taking advantage of that if you haven't yet, because it's fun oh, to go to re- Vegas. Oh, I'm already, so. I already got tickets and everything. Well, yeah, yeah. I wasn't I'm, necessarily I'm, talking about you. Mind, I was I'm just talking about in general. In like, I highly recommend going to a game in Vegas, even if you're worried about your team not potentially winning. No, it's this it's is, a lot this of fun to be Raiders.
0: There. It's in the Raiders state, the new Raiders stadium against a shitty t- ULV you know, team. I'm, yeah, I mean, I'm there um but you and i is is this one thing that anybody that like knows college football knows you do not mess around with northern iowa just like you don't mess around with north dakota state you do not you don't play around with you and i because they they can and will beat you if you mess around too much yeah and,
1: it's it's actually kind of funny because i mean y- you guys play them so often because of the legislature right like it's required basically no no no,
0: no they just do now th- fortunately you know say what you want about the iowa legislature or whatever based on whatever your political views are but like they don't. They haven't done any of that weird shit where they say like, "Oh, Iowa and Iowa State have to play," or "You and Iowa State and you
1: and I have to play." Right? Oh, okay. For so some that. reason, I was under the impression that that's why you guys played them so often. No, was... they
0: just do because it makes a lot of sense. There's a lot of there's a lot of crossover between the two fan. But you know, there's a lot of people that root for kind of both schools, and so I mean, the stadium's always full against you and I. It's usually a really good atmosphere. It's all it's it's a in state. It's kind of an in state rivalry. It's one of, kind of those of
1: FCS games that's actually a good financial decision basically is what yeah, you're saying
0: and so. that is, so it's, it's it's a game that obviously can't afford to lose because it's an FCS team
1: yeah but it's but it's also
0: a game that that like you know winning that winning is the expectation but winning is not it's not just it's not as simple and like I, I firmly believe that if you and I joined the big 12 they wouldn't be they wouldn't finish last like well, no, I mean, as long as
1: Kansas is there, like they probably wouldn't finish last, I wasn't
0: but... I wasn't trying to be, <laughs> no, them. I mean, but honestly, well,
1: <laughs> hopefully that's not the case anymore moving forward with, with light there. But yes. you know, in the last 10 years, yeah. If, 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 Kansas is in the conference, you're probably not finishing last no matter right. who you are.
0: So, I mean, you, you and I, you and I is a, is a good program. They, they do a really good job with what they do and you got to be ready to go to play them. You have to be fundamentally sound because they are. They always are. Now you and I, Played a spring season. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic here. What to like playing two seasons in one calendar year. Right. Um And they didn't, they were like, they were very, very mediocre in the spring. Now, you know, you know, how much you can't really put a ton of stock into that. Cause it was really weird. Yeah. Um, I,
1: I, I thought they had a potential player that was looking at trying to get in the NFL draft as well. It didn't play. Like I Spencer know that there were some,
0: Spencer Brown opted out and he got drafted. He okay. the absolute mammoth of a human being, but um no he didn't but they they were kind of they were really up and down and it was kind of weird. I'm not putting too much stock into that. Right. Um I, I, I think I think Iowa State will win by you know three, four touchdowns or something like that, you know. You would maybe hope. not even that, but two, two three <laughs> touchdowns at least. Um I don't think they need to like totally just embarrass them, but like you know, get you know a, a, a couple touchdowns for you know, somewhere between fourteen and twenty eight points, I think is perfectly acceptable. Fair. Um and you get to the Iowa game, and then obviously that's the big one Cyhawk. Yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't buy the. I don't buy Iowa this year. I don't get it. I don't get why they're a top twenty team. And I. I truly believe I'm not being a homer here. Like I'm. I, no. I'm, I'm, I. I, I like agree I'm with you. Homer, the problem is.
1: It. Well, the problem is I have had a similar opinion of Iowa the last you know three or four seasons, and yet somehow Iowa State cannot beat them. So what the hell is going on? And how are well, you guys going to change Iowa it This has year has
0: been good though. I mean, like Nate Stanley was good for them. They've had really good players and they've had good teams and stuff like that. like so I got less you know the previous five years i've understood why they were why Iowa State didn't win they, were, they had good teams um and but i mean i've never said I've, I've still have yet to encounter an iowa fan that likes spencer petrus i've i've chris hassel who he works for cbs he's a big iowa fan he referred to spencer petrus as a broken jugs machine i mean <laughs> the guy the guy can't play quarterback he's a terrible quarterback they, they they have tyler goodson yeah he's a good running back but i would i would typically goes through three, four or five running backs in a season because they can't keep anybody healthy. They've got the best center in the country, but what about the rest of the offensive line? They'll probably be solid because it's Iowa, but, you know, they've got a running game, but they've got a quarterback who can't throw. They've got one tight end that nobody really cares about. The defense lost a ton of talent. They've got, I mean, they've got some good corners and stuff like that, but the linebackers are all really young. Defensive tackles are all really young. I guess a team like Iowa state that is extremely experienced, more experienced than probably just about anybody. I mean, they they're just riddled with seniors and, and juniors that have played a ton of snaps and stuff like that. I mean, it's it's an extremely veteranly extreme veteran laden, laden, laden team compared to an Iowa team that's relatively unproven, has virtually no no offensive dynamic at all. I mean, I don't get, I don't buy Iowa State being a top twenty team. I don't get it. I don't understand that ranking. I'm assuming
1: you meant Iowa, not Iowa State. But yes, I I, I, Iowa I do. State. You did, but I knew oh, okay. I knew what no, you meant. Sorry, yeah. Iowa. I I, I Don't worry, I won't clip that and put it as the preview or anything like yeah. that. So, so you're I, good I, there. I, I don't get
0: I don't get Iowa's ranking. I don't. No, I don't I get don't it either. at all. Whatever. And so I think I I think Iowa State's like a. I think they opened as like a ten point favorite or something like that. I don't know. I think I think I, I wouldn't State's be surprised if it Cooper climbed questions. from there. So. Maybe um, it depends on how people bet it, but I think I think it's a couple of touchdowns. But who knows? It's Cy Hawk it could be dumb, it could be real stupid. I don't know.
1: Fair, yeah, no. I so I, I'm looking forward to this as a potential like preview of you know what does Kansas need to know about their new low key semi rival that's going to happen in the Big Ten? Because you know what I, I I got to thinking about it the other day, what would piss off Kansas's current rivals more than going to the Big Ten and having their new rivals being Purple Wildcats in Northwestern, right? and then yep. a black and gold team in Iowa like that would be absolutely hilarious <laughs> if that yeah. happened i mean it would just it would piss Missouri and Kansas off and i'd be all for it so there you go but no yeah so i'm looking forward to this game i you know this is the one the one game every year that i kind of circle as the the this would do wonders for the big 12's perception nationally if iowa state can get over the hump and beat the damn beat hawkeyes iowa. so i think and i think i i think
0: Everybody has the intention of trying to absolutely beat the dog shit out of Iowa this year.
1: I'm all for it. <laughs> all right, so, so so let's get into the conference schedule. Um, you guys get to do the same thing that Kansas does and play Baylor really early. Um, you know I, I don't know what to think about this Baylor team, but like of the of the the first three games you guys have at Baylor, uh, home against KU, and then at Kansas State, like just looking at it early this year, I think that game against Kansas State is probably like the, the most the most worrisome one, but. What do you think of the potentially that that Baylor game? Like do you think it's a good thing that you guys are playing them early or do you think that they're not gonna be that great this year? So it's not anything to worry about. I it don't know.
0: Way? I don't know if anybody has a good read on Baylor. I don't think they're gonna be world beaters or anything like that. But right. I, I mean I don't think they're gonna suck, but I don't I don't have any confidence of them being like an eight and four team. I think they're probably like a, somewhere in the neighborhood of five and seven if I had to take a, yeah, take a I, I, I feel like it, they're
1: gonna get yeah, to the better. end of the season and have the opportunity to upset someone that they really shouldn't. And, and potentially early, get that to a bowl early game, in the but... season.
0: I, especially when you're trying to break in a new core, but you know, that uh, was a Jerry and I think of their guy. Yeah. And well, I,
1: that's also why I'm, I'm happy that Kansas plays them so early because if Kansas is going to upset someone, they're gonna have to do it early in the year and hope. Right. Like, so yeah. at Baylor or playing against Texas tech, like they're, they're going to have to get one of those really early. Um, yeah. It'll be interesting so, I mean, to kind of see.
0: I would say it's got a good opportunity with the schedule to open up six and I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: with, uh, they've got a good they've got a good opportunity there then you i believe the seventh game is up on the state if i remember correctly it sure is um, yeah yeah
1: so 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 real quick farmageddon um i mean i i don't know that you're necessarily too concerned i, I personally don't get why everybody thinks so highly of skylar thompson uh like i don't think you know, that i'm being though, bi- biased I'm actually, but
0: i have actually generally been kind of a skylar thompson fan like i'm not like a like i'm like oh my god he's amazing but like i i generally kind of like skylar thompson i mean name.
1: i think he's i think he's a poor man's. Alex Smith. I mean, I think is a good way to put it. Like he's a, he's a game manager at best. And yeah. I don't know that he's particularly that great at it, but that I think part of that might just be that Kansas state doesn't really have a lot of talent surrounding him. So if he's just trying to be a game right. manager, he doesn't have a lot to work with.
0: I mean, I would say it, it has not had, has not played well at bill Snyder family stadium for a long time. And it, they should have won in 2019. They should have won in 2017, but they didn't. And it is what it is, but I think. I mean. I think Iowa State is very clearly the better team. I think they should go in. I think they should win by a touchdown or two at least. Um, I mean, it, it's a it, you could call it a, a game to worry about, but I I, I think Iowa State's t- I think Iowa State is a is a pretty significantly better team than Kansas State. this Yeah.
1: Season. All right. So so that next group of three, I think this is probably the hardest stretch on on your guys' schedule: home against Oklahoma State, at West Virginia. And then home against Texas in terms of a three game stretch, just because you know those are all teams that are probably going to be in the middle of the Big Twelve, have an opportunity to potentially be the third best team in the Big Twelve if if everything breaks right for them. Yeah. Um. You know, is there a particular game in there that you're super worried about, other than of course just beating the crap out of Texas? I think
0: Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is uh, Mike Gundy's kind of had our number a little bit. Uh, you know, they beat him in we beat him in 2018 when it was Brock Purdy's first. That was his first game ever, and they had no film on him or anything like that. He just ran wild and did his own thing. Um, but since then, Iowa State's had trouble with Oklahoma State because they've had a good game plan against us. Um, so if Iowa State needs to get over that Oklahoma State hump, um, they need to actually win with these. They've all been close for the last, like, seven years. Uh, they've all been – I think it's all – every all of them have been within a touchdown for, with for like, the last seven years or something like that. Um, so they're always close games, but I State needs to win one of those games. They have to get over that hump. At West Virginia is a, is a kind of an interesting one. I would say it actually plays well at West Virginia, generally speaking – um, they've generally played really well at West Virginia. Um, for whatever reason, but they they just have. Um and uh, you know, West Virginia could be good. I don't know. I don't I don't have a really good feel for them. They could be good. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I,
1: I think it really comes down to quarterback play for them. And, probably, yeah. You know, and, it's it's and one of those Dagan, things I think that Neil Brown is definitely building that program the way it needs to be, especially for a sure. place like West oh, Virginia. Oh, I, I agree too. The I, question I always is gonna be how long is it gonna take them to actually get to that point, I can't help
0: but look back to Iowa State's 42-6 win against them last year and look at them fair. both basically having the same team except for West Virginia lost one of the Stills brothers. I mean, what's going to change? Yeah, true. I mean, I'm not well,
1: saying they're there, well, but be that the was at the end of the six. season, wasn't it? What was it? Wasn't that at the end of the season?
0: It was at the end of the season. And
1: Ames, I, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I mean honestly, I think at, at that point West Virginia had kind of checked out a little bit. Oh, I'm um, sure, and they
0: lost, but they lost Tony Fields and they lost um right. what's his name to Georgia and or was that tony fields that went to georgia i don't know whatever i think so um anyways i mean yeah i don't be 42-6 but i, I think I, i'm not as worried about that game as other people are and then after that i mean who knows what texas is going to be they're probably going to be fine they're probably gonna be solid i don't know if they're going to i don't yeah, know we'll they're gonna see be world beaters
1: again they have a quarterback issue that they have to figure out they, they keep saying that both of them are impressing in camp but i've heard Great. that song and dance too much about you know texas being back in some fashion or Texas players being phenomenal. And then it just doesn't I'll, happen.
0: I would be worried about that game when I see that Texas is a good, right.
1: Game. I wouldn't be worried about that until, unless Texas like wins the red river, the red river rivalry. Like if they yeah. win against Oklahoma, then it's like, okay, wait a minute. We actually have to pay attention. Of course. Yeah. I, I also but, uh, would, I also would take that if I was an Iowa state fan, cause it gives you guys a leg up on getting to the championship game. So
0: that that it does uh, you know so i don't I, i'm not i of those three i'm probably not i'm probably the least worried about i would say probably about the texas game um but we'll see we'll see what they look like i don't know
1: all right so last three games at texas tech at oklahoma home against tcu i think obviously the big texas game tech, there is um, is at oklahoma but like Texas Tech, if if they get things put together, they're they're a high variance team this year. They could either be fairly good or they could be absolutely horrible. Uh, you know, poor
0: Kyler Shuck though had to get his ass kicked in the Fiesta Bowl by Iowa State and then transferred.
1: Right, to and to now the he's the transferring.
0: Tech, transferred to Texas Tech, who has routinely gotten their ass kicked by Iowa State.
1: Absolutely last phenomenal. Week. Well, you know, the worst part <laughs> is like I I thought one of the biggest problems that they had is that is that Oregon defense wasn't necessarily that great last year. Like yeah, they were able to make it to the Fiesta Bowl, but. You know, that's not really necessarily saying much in the Pac 12, goes to a place where the defense has been atrocious. And, like, that's the only way that Texas Tech is going to do anything this year is if the defense takes a giant step forward. I actually um, have, you know, preview with, with, uh, I'll be sure coming up about that game with Texas Tech. And so it'll be interesting to kind of see, um, you know, like if what we talked about there is actually going to come, come to pass. I, I think that there are some people that are actually kind of high on that defense this year, but it's got a right. long way to go, especially to be able to, to, you know, to compete against, against yeah, what Iowa I'm, State's bringing. I'm not,
0: so. I'm not worried about Texas Tech very much. So Iowa I State's had their number. in I mean, Charlie Kohler absolutely abuses that team. Yeah, And Brees Hall has had really good games. I'm not worried about Texas Tech. So, like so you the, said, the real question... Co- oh, go ahead. I would say at Oklahoma is probably the biggest game of the entire season for the entire conference.
1: Yeah, so so about that game, which one worries you more? The, the possibility of losing that game or the fact that it's so late in the season?
0: Uh, Iowa State... There, there is no consequence for Iowa state not winning that game. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and and that
1: was kind of my thought process, which is what I was asking about, like, would you rather though have that game like halfway through the season? Or do you like the fact that it's at the end? And by that point, I think it probably I like it better
0: at the end. Cause Iowa state will be short up. It'll be best on best. And I, and I, and I, I want Iowa state at their best. I don't want, I don't want to be sitting in a state of unequal, illiber, like kind of unequal or you know, unstable equilibrium. Like we kind of were earlier in the season where Iowa State had to just kind of chunk it out to win in the names. Um, when I would say it is at their best, which is typically in November, right when that game happens, you know, October and November. Um, that's that's when I want to play Oklahoma is when we're at our best. Um, and that's and that's how I'm gonna feel the best about it. And I thought that's, I, I want it, I like it where it's at, and I like that. I, I yeah, I really like where it's at. I, I want to play Oklahoma when we're, when we're at our best. Okay,
1: so headline: Levi Stevenson does not want to play Oklahoma during October. <laughs> I, I honestly thought you were going to say, you know, just move it back a couple weeks. weeks um, or like nah. s- swap it with the West Virginia wine. And then some. the, you know, at the very end of October and all that stuff that's Dude, going on. I, I there, like but... that
0: spot though, because it's a, it could be kind of a preview for the big 12 title game with the week in between. Yeah. And like, if, if, if both teams are living up to expectations up to that point, which means, which would mean that both teams are probably undefeated up to that point, that the winner of that, like the winner of that has a an express ticket into the playoff probably and the loser of that has a chance to get, also get in the playoff if they win the title game. Right. So yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I mean, mean, yeah, the loser of that is going to have to have a dominant performance in the in the championship, though, because otherwise, you, you know, that there's going to be at least two SEC teams in the in the playoff this year. Unfortunately, maybe. that's kind of the way it's going to work. Not, so.
0: Maybe, but I mean, either way, that's it's a huge game. It, it, if if both teams are living up to expectations, it probably really won't matter as far as who getting who's getting into the title game. It could probably be a preview of the title game, but it will matter as far as the playoff goes. So that's, that's a really interesting angle to this is that it actually has bigger play. You know, if everything goes as we think it will, or is that, as it probably should, or as as it's kind of projected to, it's going to be more, it's going to have a lot more playoff implications than it will big 12 implications.
1: Yeah. I'll I'll be really interested too, to see like if both of these teams go undefeated, except for the games that they play each other. And it's like, you know, Say Oklahoma wins at home, and then Iowa State comes back and beats the season
0: them. Twelve and one, with the only losses are to each other.
1: Right. Like, <laughs> I'm not sure what you do with that. Honestly, I mean, I would think that Iowa State Champions, would get the bump ahead because they in. win the championship game. But if Iowa
0: State, if Iowa State is a one loss champion and Oklahoma is a one loss runner up with the only loss being in the Big Twelve title game to Iowa State, I think you got a shot at getting both.
1: In. Oh, oh, yeah, you definitely I, have, if, have a shot.
0: I, I was, I was. Iowa State would have a very good shot. I mean, they would have maybe a virtual lock to get in based on based on playoff history. And then, how are you going to leave out Oklahoma as a, a one? You know, that finished the reg- this regular season undefeated and only lost in the title game to a team that's in the playoff. How, right? How can oh, you yeah. Keep them yeah.
1: Yeah. No. It's yeah. It's, it's so uh, there's a lot at stake. I do think this is probably the best year that the Big Twelve has, and and man, that would be a huge statement in the year that it's all falling apart. You know, the Big 12 gets two teams in. It's like one of them is Oklahoma, like you'd expect. The other one is Iowa State. Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe the rest of the conference is a trash like right. people like to talk about.
0: Yeah. It, you know, and after that Oklahoma game, you get TCU at home. TCU is a, is a team that Iowa State's kind of had their number for the most part, um, especially at home. Um, he's you is another high variance team, in my opinion. I think that they could be second. They could be as good as second in the conference, and they could be as low as, I don't know, sixth or seventh, based based entirely on how good Max Duggan is.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, they they have a lot of questions on offense still, somehow, for whatever reason. But I think a lot of that's just because we haven't seen the best out of Max Duggan, partly because he just hasn't played as well as he should, but also just... That that offense, for whatever reason, TCU has had issues with offense oh, and trying to get all of that. Well, by,
0: the offensive line was terrible last year.
1: I take that back. We know what the problem was. When you have four guys <laughs> that are trying to, you know, run the offense with their own style, it, it you know, right. there's just way too much confusion there. But all right, so final question for you because I think we've kind of wrapped it up. I I mean, I I think it's a reasonable expectation that Iowa State. Might drop one game that they're not supposed to, but like, so like theoretically worst case scenario is they're 10 and two and are in the big 12 title game with an opportunity to try to win.
0: I'd probably drop it down to nine and three. So I, I would say, I would say I ideally, the ideal floor for Iowa state is nine and three, which is basically you lose to Oklahoma, you lose to Iowa and you lose somewhere else what, at West Virginia or something like that. Nine yeah. and three. That's, that's where I would put, I would like to keep the floor at nine and three. No, that, um, that's, that's speaking. fair.
1: Like that, that though, I think is worst case scenario. Like I just don't see it spiraling out of control and them losing four or five games.
0: I don't, I don't, I don't see that either. Cause the nice thing is that I would say it has a high floor and a high ceiling. And that like, we we talked about this, that Brees hall sets your floor. Brees hall keeps right. your floor high. Brock Purdy keeps your ceiling high. Oh, yeah. So if you, if you, if Brees hall is going to do his thing, he's going to keep you, he, Bruce hall alone can get you, you know, can keep the offense in space to get you to seven, eight wins by himself yeah for sure if brock purdy is good he can take you to 10 11 12 and that's that's where Iowa state is right now
1: yep for sure all right so 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 final question for you actually has absolutely nothing to do with this particular season but i do have to ask um if assuming all the big 12 falls apart and this is the last year right that that we all get to play each other as part of the big 12 which of these big 12 games are you going to miss the most in the future years
0: Well, now that now that the games are really competitive every year, probably home. <laughs> yeah, uh, now now that Iowa State's playing them close and beating them fairly, and beat them somewhat regularly, like, gonna kind of miss Oklahoma. Oklahoma State's are really uh, is one that I'm gonna miss. I really like playing Oklahoma State. Um, TCU, I, I like because I've got friends at TCU. You know, we, Melissa and Jamie and stuff like that. I I, I like a lot of the a lot of TCU people and I
1: enjoy playing them. Um, yeah, I think that's I'm a big part to- of it because like. I think that some of these matchups I look forward to a lot more because it gives me a, a good opportunity to talk to my friends that cover those teams. Right. Whereas yeah. other ones, like I just really enjoy playing that particular game. Like, for example, I love playing Texas tech, not because i like to talk to Albie Shore all the time, but just because I love playing Texas tech, because for whatever reason, Kansas is competitive against them <laughs> and, 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 and they're fun yeah, games. I get, I get that. And, you know, it's like, I absolutely, or I also like as a Kansas fan. I like playing TCU again. It's competitive games. They're interesting. They're things that I really sure. enjoy. I actually feel like Kansas maybe potentially has an opportunity to win that game. I hate playing Kansas State. I hate dealing with the fans. I don't
0: like playing Kansas State yeah. either. I, I, like I know we have Farmageddon, but like I don't really like playing Kansas State. I don't really like. I don't really like their fans that much, and I don't really like playing their team. I, I just I think
1: know. that I, the. I, I just think that the style that they play. Doesn't mesh well with most of the other teams in the Big Twelve, and so the games aren't interesting either. Kansas State makes some weird play that completely throws off the rhythm of the rest of the game, you know, yeah, or like like if know. if it's an interesting game, it's because Kansas State got behind early and is making a huge right. comeback at the end, and at that point, it's like, well, then I'll just watch the last five minutes.
0: Right, you know, it, Kansas State I don't really care about playing Texas. I don't really care about playing Texas Tech's kind of kind of whatever for me. You know, Kansas is kind of fun because we you know i don't know whatever yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, memories but (laughs) west virginia west virginia is one i actually don't care about that much i know it's kind of our riot bowl or whatever but west virginia is so far apart like so far away from everybody else that's it's impossible to have a rival rivalry with west virginia
1: you can't because you can't have well they haven't been there long enough to really build a rivalry and they're so far out there
0: they're not close enough to have like away fans at the games or like, right. anything. It's just not. It's I was, just I, was say, to have I actually a
1: enjoyed game. playing West Virginia because I've actually been to two Kansas-West Virginia games because I lived out in Virginia for a while. So like, right. I actually got an opportunity yeah, to go to those yeah. games because I just happen to live out there. But it's so secluded out there that it's you know, and actually we we oh, we yeah. talked we're about this on that ten twelve podcast episode where we you know we're drafting fan base. It's like it's a it's a crazy place to be out there. It's absolutely phenomenal if once they get it full. The problem is it's so secluded that. Yeah, it's hard. Like, it's just a bunch of West Virginia fans that are It's really going difficult crazy.
0: to get into it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All yeah. right. And well, Baylor, I Levi, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Any final thoughts you want to leave us with either about Iowa State or the Big 12 as a whole or anything else that just kind of jumps out to you?
0: I can more ignore the Big 12 of the whole part of that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, Iowa State, I mean, it's like – if you get a chance to watch us, you're gonna get to watch one of the best running backs in the country, one of the best defensive ends in the country, one of the best linebackers in the country, one of the best offensive lines in the country. Which I can't believe I'm fucking saying that now because Iowa State has been plagued by bad yeah. offensive line play for so long. The idea, that, the idea that we have a top five offensive line in the country is blowing my
1: mind. We're in bizarre uh, world right now.
0: Yeah, we're in Bizarro world. We're in upside. We're in the upside down. Um, but Iowa State plays a good fundamental solid brand of football that's got good athletes you can they you know they're not like Oklahoma where they're gonna blow the top off everybody but man if you appreciate just good sound fundamental football check out an Iowa State game they're a lot of fun to watch
1: should be a lot of fun I I know I'll be checking them out partly because I like to watch good football and I watch all the Big 12 football anyway even the teams that I hate but I I definitely agree like if you want to see what Big 12 football is all about you watch as many Iowa State games as you can you watch as many Oklahoma games as you can And then you watch all the Texas games, so you can root against them and talk about how terrible they are. So, okay, Levi, thanks again for joining me. I'm sure everybody listening to this probably already knows where to find you, but just in case, where can people find your work online?
0: Yeah, I mean, the Twitter is is wide red natty lights at wide r t natty l t. My personal account is is Levi R Stev, so L e v i r s t e v. Um, I don't really tweet. I mean, I sometimes tweet about Iowa State, but it's mostly just other random crap um yeah <laughs> you can if you if you're interested in pop punk and punk music you can follow my band mars by morning um that's on twitter instagram youtube facebook all sorts of stuff um yeah you lots can follow fun. you can follow D- Andy and i's uh, uh yeah our D podcast and Dragons, our D podcast with roles and no look
1: yep lots of fun there so yeah i've been uh i've been uh advertising that to a whole bunch of people here and we'll see how many of people actually come over there. But yeah, no, it's, it's lots yeah. of fun doing all that stuff. But again, Levi, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't already, please to go out wherever you get your podcast, it's Apple podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, any of the other million apps that are out there Just search for rock chalk podcast. So you can subscribe and get every episode as soon as it comes out. If you give us a rating and review, five stars, nice comments, I'd absolutely love that. If not, just let us know what it is we can be doing better. We do bring the podcast so you guys get you all the information you need in as entertaining way as possible. So if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, people want to try to interview, anything like that, contact me on Twitter at Pod or by email at rockchalkpodcast at gmail.com. Now that we're on Anchor, you can actually leave us a voicemail to get your voice on the show. Just go to anchor.fm slash rock-chalk-podcast slash message, and I promise we'll get you on the show as long as you're not super inappropriate. Um, but... That's going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Levi, for joining me. And we will catch you guys next time on the Rock Talk Podcast.